off in my own world again. Where is that world? Mm -hmm. Where do you go, Eric? Is that the multiverse? Uh, somewhere between the 1790s and the 1860s. Really? Mm -hmm. That is your time range. That's mm -hmm. where I think I would be like, uh, you know what, 1890 to 1790. That 100-year period is the 100-year period I should have been born in. I agree. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We got the grunts at this point. Mm -hmm. Good times. Mm -hmm. Good times. Mm -hmm. So here's the uh, deal. We're officially nine cups of coffee in. We got a little bit of scotch. Mm -hmm. Another donut waiting. We've got a donut down. Welcome everybody back to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is episode 26? 26? 26? We're at 26 now. So last one was 25. That one last one was 25. We didn't even like... Ooh, 25. 25. Ooh. Quarter, quarter century. Quarter, quarter century. Quarter, quarter done. Quarter done. <laughs> quarter done. We get to 100 episodes, we're just done. It's, like bit, it's over. It's like Bitcoin. Yeah, that's okay. We're going to try to... Eric's fun fact. <laughs> fun fact, Eric. Century. So the century from... Or the Latin words, century means 100. Centurion was in charge of 100 Roman legionnaires within the legion. That's correct. And then I believe that there was, what, 10 centuries per legion? Or something like that. I have no idea. I can't remember how it goes from there. This is supposed to be or your cohort, or no? Or maybe it's yeah. I don't know. What you're maybe it's per cohort. I can't remember. There's cohorts. There's different levels, right? There's centuries. There's cohorts. There's legions. I think it was centuries and then cohorts. Yeah. Hmm. My Roman history for that little finicky stuff is a little bit off, so I need to get better at that. Fun facts with Eric. Fun fact. Fun fact. Question mark. This is fun so good. We start. Mark. We started off with fun facts with Eric. Yeah. Might get two today. Or three. We get two. Yeah, I don't know. We'll find out. We'll see. We'll see. Where, see where the world takes us. <laughs> see where the wind blows. Me. Fun maybe fact. Well, Fun maybe fact. Anybody that's new to the podcast, welcome to the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. This is the first responder podcast by first responders for first responders. And this is, uh, obviously, you got myself, Mike, we got Eric, and we got Wes with us tonight for the podcast. And again, we stated it's episode 26. Uh, and this is going to be a special one. This one tonight is going to be something that has been asked for. Uh, we started this back uh, 2021 in March or something like that. I think we started publishing our very first episodes. And this has been asked for probably for the last nine months to a year. And it's just nonstop. People are asking, when are we going to hear about it? When are we going to hear about it? People want to hear about Depo. For, and as everybody knows, we are three members of an organization. Um, that all went to Depo. That all went to Depo. Let's just leave it at that. That all went to Depo. Uh, for our American friends uh, that are listening to the podcast. It's not Home Depot. It's no. not Home Depot. It's not you know, because I've been absolutely blown away by episode 24 that we put out recently, Eric, you and I, uh, we actually had quite a few downloads from Florida, which absolutely shocked me because they do, they come out there every now and then a lot of California, they get some Texas, but then Florida kind of pops Florida. up every now and then and Florida ends up showing up. Huh. It's just weird. Florida. Florida, man. It's weird. So the people I got are, an uncle in Florida. That's where is he? Uh, Del Boca Vista? No. Saratoga? No. Uh, Daytona Beach? <laughs> Orlando. I want to say Coconut Grove, maybe. I can't remember. So, yeah. Hmm. So, maybe it's your uncle that's uh, signing on yeah. and uh, listening, to, listening to episodes. It, it could be. be. We figured it out. Look at that top-notch investigators right there. <laughs> right? He hasn't been to depot. Do I? has not been to depot. hasn't been to depot. So, but again, another fun fact with Eric. Uh, he's got an uncle who lives in Florida. Yeah. So, uh, a great uncle. You know, getting back to that, for our American friends that are listening to the podcast, uh, obviously, Depo is the home of the RCMP's training center in Regina. We all go through it. We all end up walking through the gates at one point or another. And it's just part of the tradition of joining the RCMP. We are going to be talking a little bit about the stories. Now, here's the big deal. This is what we do. We talk about stuff on the podcast 
But the number one rule of the podcast, which we haven't actually gone over in a long time, would be don't get us fired. And it used to be don't get Mike fired, but now it's just now we have a few more additions to the podcast. Don't get the Mike and Eric and Mike fired rule. All right. So none of the stories for anybody listening to this, because every now and then we get some people that have ears out for our podcast to make sure that we're all good and we're not saying anything bad or anything like that. We're not saying anything out of the ordinary here. We're not saying anything, you know, giving these crazy stories and all the rest of that. This is not going to happen. But that being said, there's a lot of good things and traditions and, the, and, you know, morale stories that come out of Depot and what happens there. So I think that's a really big part of what we're going to be doing today and discussing. But before we get to the stories about Depot and talk about Mountie Town and the factory, so to speak. Swinging Armor Ranch. This week. <laughs> Swing never heard that before? I've never heard that before. Really? Swing an arm ranch? What is swing an arm ranch? Depot. Yeah. You swing in your arms. Swing an arm ranch. You never... And they're horses. Really? So it's a ranch. Who, like, oh. when is that, when was that, was that when you were there? No, it's just like in Saskatchewan, that's what we all call it, the swing an arm ranch. That's what the I, swing an arm I ranch. heard that yeah. before. I have never heard that really? before. Yeah, the swing an arm ranch. Next thing you're going to tell me, you've never heard of the RCMP referred to as the Queen's Cowboys. <laughs> no, I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. Come on. I was just checking. Why manage to call that Queen's Cowboys? Uh, that and also the Rat, Cat, and Mouse Parade. I've also heard that before from <laughs> OPP officers. I love you guys, but man, you guys hate us. Something fierce. <laughs> On that point, we do have to get through the tradition. This is the second donut of the night because we actually just finished up recording episode 25, which was our coffee challenge, uh, which I utterly sucked at. But you two ended up getting a decent score. Yeah. Uh, but let's hit it. I let's got keep... five out of eight. Just want to put that out there one more time. Yeah. Eric's actually going to put that uh, piece of paper, the quiz up on your fridge. I'm framing it. Yeah. Yeah, put it up there for your wife to see. I never win. Not that we were competing to win anything, but (laughs) I got one out of nine. (laughs) So I mean, I suck. Okay, Uh, but we are going to do donuts. So let's break donut, Eric. uh, We're not going to go over it again, but you did select the donuts for this this evening. Yeah, and it is Harbor City. So again, I have said from the last donuts, it was the best donut uh, I've had in Nanaimo so far. Oh, hundred percent. So yeah. yeah, let's uh, let's break donuts, boys. Cheers. 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 Ooh, good sound. That was good sound. You hear mm-hmm. that? Mm. My stomach says, "Don't do this anymore." <laughs> <laughs> it's like now I got nine cups of coffee. Oh, some horrible coffee. So I got some serious gut rot. Some random scotch. Some random first time ever having scotch. So my body's going. Why did you drink turpentine? <laughs> I don't like gasoline. What are you doing? <laughs> this old fashioned. Plain or whatever this is, it's really good. Mm-hmm. No needs though. A little bit of dipping sugar, just some cinnamon and sugar. Mix there for dipping. Oh yeah, like my grandma used to make. Okay, I have some more maple dip in here in a little bit. That was really good. I'm actually really impressed with that. Yeah. Maple dip was solid. Yeah, like it's not. It's not like maple dip from Krispy Kreme that's gonna like melt in your mouth. Or uh, I don't know if you've been to Coco's yet. Mm-hmm. I've been to Coco's for their donuts. Their donuts solid. Coco's. A good good choice. They're not the best out in Cedars. Yeah. Coco Cafe. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, they make them uh, right beside the Energy H. They have their their actual like kitchen slash catering business at oh, okay. the Traveler's Lodge, right beside Energy H. Oh. We cleared the place on a breaking enter once. Oh, well, check it out. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. It's really creepy at night. It is super creepy, at especially night. in that most places courtyard in the back. <laughs> yes, very much so. Very creepy. I was waiting for the zombie music from <laughs> Walking Dead, Walking Dead, yeah. or from like Call of Duty. <laughs> You know, not Nazi zombies or whatever, just to start coming out. And I was, ooh, I was waiting for something to chop out of the bushes by me. I was scared. Yeah, crazy. There are trees, and the trees were all like all dead. The leaves were off, and the moon was shining through, but it was still super dark. <gasps> Clearly traumatic. Oh my god! You're me driving home with the dome lights on tonight, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Okay, let's get going on the episode here. So we always had a lot of people that wanted to know more about Depot, and here's the deal. Let's talk about it a little bit. So Wes, you actually brought up a really good idea, and to start this whole thing off would be, how did you find out you were actually going to Depot? Because obviously everybody goes through the same process. Everybody goes a little bit different now, I guess you would say, uh, than it was when you and I went through. So yeah. for reference sake, when did you go? What, what year? I uh, started in October of 2005. I was 20. Wow. I was a child. 2005 at 20. At 20. At 20. At 20. Yeah, I turned uh, I turned 20, yeah, in uh, December. And then, yeah, so I was I turned 21 in, in, in training. So what do you got, 15, 16? 16, yeah. 16 on now. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Okay, so you Stole went. my youth. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> You're like, I want it back. Yeah, it's gone. Okay, so uh, 20 years. And that's not uncommon for the RCMP. So we have quite a few people that, you know, listen to the podcast and have sent me messages and that and have asked about, you know, when is the best time to get into this particular organization? And there is no right answer there. It could be anywhere from 19 to 55, you know? I mean, I think the cutoff is at 55 these days. I think so, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I know people that went through both. You know, Eric, I think you probably know people, Mike, you know people that have gone through both early and late. And you know what? I don't think there's ever a a right age to go through, but that's young. Yeah. That is young. 20 is young. It was young. We had an older troop. Like, I think the average age was probably 33, 34. There was only a few of us that were my age. And yeah, I mean, you felt young for sure. It was was hard being... It was hard being in there. Like I was from Saskatoon. So, I mean, I was a short drive back home. But it, so it was hard being in there knowing all my buddies are back home, going to the bar to live in their 20s, doing that, you know, and I'm sitting there putting my 15th coat of polish on my boots, right, on a Thursday night. And, you know, they're all out having wings, have a good time. To date myself, obviously, this is before there was, you know, like iPhones and texting and stuff like that. So it's not like I was getting play-by-plays of what all my buddies are up to, but you knew what you were missing out on, you know, you just kind of hoped at the end that this is all going to be worth it. Yeah. And it is. And to be honest, you know, when I did graduate, you know, I graduated into, you know, a full-time job with benefits, you know, at the time, you know, really good pay, um, you know, paid holidays, all these things, you know, job security. And, you know, they were still doing what they were doing while I was in depot. So it was kind of like, you know, what? It, 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 it was worth it. It, it paid off. Absolutely. Yeah, as a 20-year-old, yeah. right? Like going super young. I'd actually, let's go over to Eric. So Eric, so Mike's gone through to 2005, pretty young. You went through at a decent young age as well too. Yeah, so I had just turned 24 or I just turned 23. I'm doing the math right now in my head. I think I just turned 24. Uh, so I did it in November of 2015. So like 10 years after you. Um, you feel old now, right? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> then I graduated uh, on Victoria Day of 2016. But yeah, it was it was good. But that was a yeah. I, you know, I I went right after I, I applied for for depot simultaneously an application for the army right when I was in beginning of university or finishing my last year of university. Pardon me, and or last semester. Pardon me. So the October previous, so about a, almost a year, just over or no, just under a year before I got accepted. So yeah, I applied for that and away I went right like right I got got my degree and then I went to depot and I promptly have not used my degree <laughs> sure you do well I use it for fun facts that's about it that's okay that's okay so you use it for we uh, did I don't think there's anything uh, such as wasted education no no and and I'm, I'm happy that I got my degree 
to begin with. And, you know, maybe one of those um, many different career paths that the RCMP keeps advertising will open up that I can actually get into and use it for. But we'll, we'll see. I don't necessarily want to move to headquarters. So it's a possibility, though. Yeah, it's a long way away. Ah, you never know. Yeah. Okay. So you went through 2015. Yep. You went through 2005. I went through twice, unfortunately. Uh, in 2007, I ended up going there. Uh, whatever that makes me, I was 23, I think I was 23 when I went through the first time in 07, uh, grabbed the troop there, did, uh, whatever it was, 10, nine, 10 weeks, uh, ended up getting my head thrown into a wall in PDT and ended up having to get a pretty nasty conky, pretty nasty concussion, and then ended up sucking it up for a couple weeks and ended up taking the, the, <laughs> the easy way out, so to speak. Uh, which was they gave me the option to go home and heal up so I didn't have to get back troops. So I said, all right, I'm in. I'll take that. I'll go home, heal up because I'd have experience with concussions in the past from hockey. So I said the best thing to do would not be to sit there and stress out. It'd just be to go home, relax, and do whatever I needed to do. So I did that. And then I ended up coming back in 2008 at whatever that is, 24, and ended up finishing it off and did the whole thing over again. So everything from day one. So you're you're twice as good of a cop as we are. Oh God! I just know what Groundhog Day feels like. <laughs> yeah. You know, every single day was. But on. you were that guy in the troop that you knew what was coming. But I hit, right. So everyone tr- came to you, you were like Mike, Mike, Mike. What's this like? What's this like? What are we doing next? And you're like, well, I was able to hide that for no more than ten minutes. No, it was about twenty-eight hours. Let's say that twenty-eight thirty hours. So first day you get there, you're in civvies, you're going around, you're just trying to figure out. You know, you get the guard room at that time. I'm not sure what they're calling it now. It's C block. Guard room. Yeah, guard room. So you go to guard room, you do your whole luggage thing, you get dropped off, you do your entrance. You're like, oh my god, here's the holy sh- shrine of you know Canadian policing as you going through depot. Yeah. And I walked through the gates on the second time, so I already know that process. Right, going through guard room, and I was like, "Okay, I gotta go here. I gotta go talk to this guy." And then the guy was like, kind of looking at me, even though he sees people all the time. And but he recognizes people that go and come back because when you leave, you deal very closely with the guard room and getting your stuff prepared, and then getting your flight to take off because you are like brushed out of there and yeah. gone. They no one sees you again. Nobody knows anything. You're just gone. Yeah, that process is absolutely wild when <laughs> yeah. you think about how fast. <laughs> Poof smoke oh my god I, I don't know they must just every flight out of regina has like one re- reserved rcmp spot like ready to go uh so yeah no i ended up having that and uh I, i'm out there and then the very very next day like the first day i'm there i'm not trying to make it out to be i'm not making my bed up properly because i was in b block opposed to being in trailers the first time and i'm in b block and i'm like okay don't make your bed don't make your bed don't make your bed no hospital corners no nothing just don't don't point this out like you don't want to be that guy so we line up the very next morning and we got the entire troop so it's monday right because you get there on sunday or saturday whatever usually sunday monday morning we're all lined up ready to go in our civvies we got the bags everyone's terrified everybody's terrified Terrified. it's really bad so we're all lined up and god bless this guy uh egan henderson like uh, you know what egan if he ever listened to this podcast man this guy was like a mentor to me while i was at depot he was one of my facilitators my first troop we go back through we're all lined up and I'm at the back row and he comes by and I immediately, he's now no longer a constable, he's a corporal. And I look over to my right and I see him coming down the, the road away from APS towards drill. And, I, and I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no. It's only been a year, but oh no, he's never going to recognize me. No way. He goes by, whew, sweat off the brow, doesn't recognize, doesn't stop, doesn't do anything, but he gets all the way to like the right marker and he just er, hits the brakes, hits the binders. 
and I don't know if they get a list about the new incoming troop. I doubt they get they get that because there's so many coming in. He spins around, comes back. Or no, no, no. He I think he asked the right marker and he's like, is that Mike Thompson? <laughs> back there. You're like and and our right marker at the time, um, though, uh, he like he, Rod. Yeah, I think he just like looked over. He's like, sure. Like it's just somebody that was chosen at the the end of the line to be right marks. We hadn't had our jobs yet, and they just kind of look at him. He's like, I don't know. And I look over there, and he comes by, and, and he goes, and he squeaks over, and he takes a look at me, and he goes, Oh God, you're back, eh? Or something, <laughs> something to that effect. And everybody's like. <gasps> And they all look over and they're like, oh, he's a cop. God damn it. <laughs> Completely called out. And I'm like, oh, son of a bitch. Okay. Hey, Corporal, how are you? And he's just like, oh, let's see how far you get this time. And I'm like, oh, hey, nice. Welcome back, nope. Thompson. And then from, the, from that point on, it was like you said, it was just constantly people asking me like, hey, man, how do we do this? How do we do that? Where do we get our stuff? The Walmart shopping, another mm -hmm. thing we could talk about. Uh, that was the next thing is like, what, what do we need at Walmart? They get given all that stuff now. That's horseshit. So we ha I had to yeah. go and buy that. No, like the trunks, and everything they get given the trunks now and stuff like oh. all that stuff is it's changed. So it's when different. I when I was there, they gave us trunks to put stuff in but we had to go and buy everything from walmart yeah. we had to go buy everything everything the trunks? The, the trunks everything yeah. yeah i just got rid of my lasses trunk <laughs> i got yeah. mine outside yeah the, the with the black with the red handle yeah. yeah see i have one of those but that was given to me by another member who went through before i did mm. and they all the all the pits have those and at least when i was there i'm not sure it's changed or anything now but they all had trunks like that yeah they're under under the beds you want to know what those trunks came from the souls of depot <laughs> cadets that went home because you want to know what yeah. i always say the rcmp stole something from me and it wasn't my innocence <laughs> or my shame uh it's actually my trunks because when you leave there if you go home even if you bought those we bought those things mm. and all your supplies and all the trunks and all the rest of the stuff that you bought at depot you cannot like you only have so much space in your luggage and somebody helps you pack to get you out of there fast and the trunks i was like okay what about my trunks? Because they weren't expensive. They're just Rubbermaid trunks yep. or whatever. But I was like, yeah, those are mine. Are you guys going to like send those home? They're like, no. You just, you forfeit those. When I think back at that now, I'm like, what do you mean? You stole those from me. You they told me I couldn't keep them. And you told me that you weren't sending them back. So, so how'd you get yours? Oh, I, they have them. That's what oh. I said. So people like Eric who have those, those Rubbermaid bins oh. that are sitting inside the rooms that they just, whatever, ended up. They ship mine to my first post. Well, they would, but the problem is this is when I went home the first time. Oh, right, 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 right. Oh, so sorry, yeah. that's what I mean. So those are all purchased by somebody else. <laughs> this and, is probably a room like this size full of oh, those filled trunks. with black trunks. Yeah. But yeah, that's why I said I had just, to buy four just of them. Wet, just wet with tears. Oh, God, yeah. See, when I was there, the thing that nobody wanted was the... Because when you get your, your boots, you saw, they make you sign your name in right? And the one thing that no one wanted when I was there was someone else's boots. Cause that means that that member went home or cadet went home. That's a curse. So you don't want the cursed boots. That's you don't a curse. want the cursed kit. You want new kit. You don't want the cursed kit. You want the new stuff. I was lucky. I didn't get any cursed stuff except for my second belt because I lost so much weight. They ended up giving me a new belt. And the second belt was cursed. No, the first belt was cursed. Second belt was not the, the black duty belt. Oh yeah. 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 Okay. My, the Sam Brown was, were they given out other people's high browns they were no yeah no, no. that was the big thing it, it was a high browns it would happen but like rare because like they fit so weird right like your feet they're so 
specific to your foot type, but I think I, I've seen, I remember seeing it there. Yeah. You guess you could get some. Wow. Yep. I saw it in, in my I think troop. You had to strip them though. Yeah. Like they oh, you had to strip them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They wouldn't even strip them for it. They're like, here, no. here's a haggard you, yeah, old. I think you had to strip them. Pair of boots from somebody who couldn't cut it. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> couldn't pull. <polish. laughs> that's why they just said that. That's why polishing. you got sent home. <laughs> So it was it was August, yeah, August of two thousand and five. I was working construction, and um, as you can see by my stature, physical total construction worker, <laughs> rigs construction worker, very very much so, yeah, so very much so, working unskilled labor in my uh, in my hometown, and uh, I saved enough money that 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 summer to buy an engagement ring. That was my plan. I'm gonna work, do this horrible job, save enough money to buy an engagement ring because. I wanted to propose my girlfriend. I did so, got that lined up. All right, all right, now it's time to get a job. So I had applied for training that um, January while I was going to school in Lethbridge, taking criminal justice, like everyone does in the prairies. And um, <laughs> it was, I was hating this job. I was, got the ring. I'm like, why am I still doing it? I'm like, just whatever. It was late, late August, get a phone call. It's like 9.30 in the morning. It was a day off, I think. And my dad comes in, someone on the phone for you. I'm like, all right, answer the phone. I'm still living with my parents at this time. And I answer the phone call. And yeah, Corporal so-and-so from F Division. And I'd like to offer you a spot, training, RCMP. It's just like, I, st- I still vividly remember exactly that moment and that time and how special that was. And it was, it was amazing. And I think I just floated for the next, next couple hours. And <laughs> so I promptly phoned my boss and told him I quit. And um, my, my dad quickly pointed out, he's like, well, it's August and you don't start till October 10th. He's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, nothing. I'm going to do nothing for a month. My parents had a pool in their backyard. I'm, so I'm going I'm to lay around your pool. <laughs> I'm going to do nothing. Because once I start in October, like, that's it. Like, that's my, I'm going to be working for next, how many years? Like, I'm gonna, for next month, I'm going to do absolutely nothing. He wasn't too impressed. <laughs> but, I, but I was like, that. I'm just going to hang out and do nothing. And yeah, started training October 10th, 2005. I don't even, I think we were discussing it here before we hit record. I, I barely remember the phone call in 07. The only thing I could think of was, oh my God, I got in and I, like, how am I going to get there? And then I thought, <laughs> wait a second, I am such a bumpkin. Like, it's not even a bumpkin. I'm like a city bumpkin. It's like, I am a city rat for the most part. Not even a really big city, but I'd never flown anywhere, like ever, like People laugh about that. They're like, how could you have not have flown anywhere? I'm like, I haven't flown anywhere in my life before I went to Regina the first time. I remember going to, that was the first time I've ever been to Pearson Airport, to the actual airport and terminal. I was like, well, how do I do this? <laughs> how do I do this thing? And my parents are like, what do you mean? How do you do this? I'm like, well, I don't know how to navigate this place. And I like, got This is like, your fault. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to figure this out. You chased me away. Like, <laughs> yeah. And uh, I ended up going through and yeah, I, I, but I remember getting that phone call and, and I was like, I, I remember being on cloud nine. I was jumping around the house and I was just yeah. super excited. And I was like, wait a second. And it was just. It hits you. Yeah. It's just like, oh, wow. Life, life started. Yeah. Life started. Life started quick. Yeah. And and for me at that time, because I was like, you know, I was working a job and, and what have you. And I'd been out of university for a year or so. And I was like, uh, and I was, I think I was still doing college as well, too, at that time for the police foundation stuff. But uh, yeah, it was just, it would hit me fast. What about you, Eric? Well, for me, I, funny, I don't remember as much getting told I'm going as I do remember getting told that I've moved on to the final stage. 
So when they called me, I'm going. I remember I was sitting upstairs at my parents' house. I was wasn't living there full time anymore, but I think I was house sitting for them at the time or, or something like that. And they called me and they go, oh, "Yeah, we'd like to offer you a, a conditional spot um, starting in." I think it was. I think I had like two weeks or three weeks. Like it was pretty quick. And it was like, "Yeah, no, absolutely." I think I basically I think I had enough time to have my birthday with my friends before I left, and then I was gone like five days later. But I remember getting the call far more vividly when I was traveling so i was traveling before i i took a year off after i graduated and i did your well, gap your gap year basically is that what they call but it the, no gap that's year. before you go yeah, this is this yeah. is after okay so i was in australia for the first time um and i was with some friends of mine who lived down there and i remember it was i want to say it was in the evening or it was early in the morning they called me ontario time in in eastern australia so rings the phone and i pick it up and they're like hello yeah is this eric and I'm like yes uh is this the same recruitment guy i've been dealing with the entire time and he's like oh yeah just calling and i'm thinking oh he's telling me that i'm going and this is would have been in july late july i think and he's like oh just want to let you know that you've moved on to the final stage i'm like oh he gave me a heart attack yeah and, but i was super excited that that i got that so i ended up celebrating with my friends in australia that i was going uh on to the next stage so they were all very excited about that but, but i remember that i remember waking up in bed sitting up grabbing the phone and being like hello like half awake but i specifically remember having my phone set up so i could pick up calls from canada like normal phone yeah i think it cost me like 60 bucks to have them just in case they called me and they needed something right but i remember that a lot more vividly than getting the call saying hey you're going right i remember like that kind of lead up and around it but i remember that really specifically yeah, yeah I, I i think for me i still remember the person it was monica and it was like this this whoever my recruiter was i remember it was monica i think it was but the name really sounds and it's i had spoken so much with her because she was also my recruiter when i went home and went back out so i was constantly talking to her and like trying to get this whole thing back up and going again i'm like when am i going when am i going like come on guys like when can i come back and it was a pretty good struggle but you know once you're there it is what it is first impressions of going to depot well i guess like for me going to regina obviously wasn't it was the two and a half hour drive from saskatoon so it wasn't like a foreign city it wasn't really you know i had been to depot i think on a field trip uh when i was in high school we went to the museum and that kind of stuff so i mean i knew of the place but knew nothing of it the old museum the old museum yes yeah. um so again this is going back to 2005 you know there's really not facebook's just starting so there isn't a lot of like stuff out there of like maybe some there's a few blogs of what people have experienced. So I'm just researching the hell of it. Like, what what is this? What is training? What is depot? What can I expect? And I'm, um, I think it was Chad Mel um, had written a really good blog about training. And I found his blog somehow and I read it all. And it kind of gave me a little bit of an idea. And so I, I remember getting down there. <clears throat> I think I went down with uh, my girlfriend and uh, my, my parents. They dropped me off and I said bye. And it was just, I remember going, <laughs> going to the guard room and getting my stuff, get your blankets. Yep, yep. You know, and I'm walking to B block. They were which, all in the rack as you came in the front door. You went yeah. up the stairs to the right to the guard room, and they were all in a rack on the side, yep. the left-hand side there. Yeah, And everything was there for you. Like, it was very, it was a well-oiled machine, and you get your stuff, and you're just walking with these other people with blankets as well. And you're like, oh, I guess we're, we're, we're together. We're, we're a troop, I guess. I don't even know what we are. We're yeah, friends who are now. you? Are we friends now? So, and uh, I get to 2 be South. And it's, yeah, it's what, you know, the old style dorm with the snoreboards, big long hallway and you get in there and you're like, shit just got real. And you're like, I'm going to be here for half a year. And it was like, okay, wow. And started to unpack, like you're, you're, you're half so excited and half absolutely terrified. 
It's just, what, what did I do? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, exactly. What, what happened? <laughs> this was so cool a week ago, and now I'm like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? I saw a bunch of police officers walk by me. Well, they kind of like baby police officers yeah. walk, walking by me, and they like <laughs> stared me down. Yeah. Like, what? Oh no. Yeah. Uh, that's when he knew he done screwed up. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Eric? Well, yeah, the same thing. You know, you show up, you go in there. And I, and I went there when they moved the guard room and a lot of the buildings had changed. They're building the new forts is what, what they're like. I was in Fort Dufferin, which is the first one that has a guard room attached to it, which worked out good for us because we're at the main gate um, for, you know, pizza delivery and things like that. And we were the first building that had Wi-Fi. So we actually had internet, and they were the only one on base at the time that had. Get the hell out of here. Had you wi- had Wi-Fi? You had internet? Not great. And luckily, my pit was closest to the router, so I had great internet. But if you got too far away, it, it didn't work so good. But I had great internet, and it was great. We had internet in the library. In the library. Yeah, you could yeah. go to the library. And in the basement of APS. Yes. They had that one yeah. little computer room. One little computer room in there. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. APS flooded while I was there quite significantly. So... Downstairs was shut down. It smelled like a flooded house. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty dank. Pretty um, dank. Yeah. But you know, I remember getting there. I remember getting handed my stuff. You sat in the guard room. You got, to, and I was the only one. I think I was like, the first one there. I think. I mean, I got picked up at the airport by a commissioner, driven out to the to the to the, to the, to the depots. Um, and you know, I remember going past a big, brand new, it was new at the time, the museum and yep, the big, oh, dude, it wasn't new at the time. It wasn't new. I thought no, it was new. no, no, no. So oh. when I went in 07, it was yeah. built in 07. Oh, it was okay. open in 07. And yep. then when I went back in 08, it was like full fledged, already been open. Yep. They had already closed down the old museum, although it was still like kind, it was still there. Like a lot of the stuff was still cataloged and everything in there. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a story later about doing mm-hmm. drill inside the old museum, which is wild when you try to put your brain around that. But go ahead. So you got the museum that's yeah. there. So we got, got the museum, we go past the big statue, and then you're in through the gates and away you go, right? And then there was a bunch of, I'm not sure if they are myths or rules that we weren't sure about like when i first got there, like oh you can't step on the maple leaf that they have in the ground like in the in the concrete that oh yeah yeah, yeah. You can't step on the maple leaf oh, okay so I jump around it and go around the other way and it goes back to the i think it's a continuation on for the whole sidewalk thing you're not allowed to work walk on the sidewalk until you're a uh, can't go on the sidewalk can't go on the grass no nope, no no not that those are for real people not not cadets <laughs> Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I just remember getting there, getting my stuff together and being like, wow, this is so cool. And I, you know, I, I hadn't, like, Wes, I, I didn't do, I specifically did as little online research as I could because I just didn't want to. Mm-hmm. I talked to my old man, uh, not a member, but he spent a significant amount of time in the army. I talked to retired members or family friends who were current members. Um, you know, I talked to a well-known Nanaimo member as well. Just like, hey, what did you do? Like, what was it like when you went through? And everyone's, you know, so dated that I talked to them. Like, I think. Please most- tell me it was Gary. Oh God! You talked to Gary O'Brien about that. Oh yeah, I was on the. Good crime... on you. The guy's got a ton of experience. Oh, and I was so, on the yeah. on the Crime Stoppers thing at the or board at the time, so that's oh, where yeah. I knew Gary from. And then I, um, you know, talked to. But I think like the the most recent grad from Depot that I actually talked to had graduated in the mid '80s. I want to say, or like. Oh, late, that's a different time. Late my 80s, God, was that right? a different like, time? Yeah. I talked to my one of my dad's good buddies, and he graduated, and I want to say '74. <laughs> so, were they still playing murder ball back then yeah, like, i think they were still arming cadets back then yeah, like here's st- your gun go do patrol for the night yeah yeah um yeah. and equestrian equestrian well no equestrian by at that point that was ended in the fi- late 50s i think no equestrian for quite a while no it, it i know i know i'm almost 100 
sure it ended in the 50s? late 50s or the early 60s. Yeah, I, thought, yeah, I, I think the 60s. I talked to a family friend of ours was in the last equestrian troop. Oh, okay. He's a he's out in Qualicum Beach. Great guy. Hmm. And, uh, and But I remember just being hit in the face, right? You walk in there like, oh, okay. Yeah. This, this is real now. And, you know, you, here's your pit. Yeah. We had walls, I guess, but the walls were cupboards to store your stuff, right? And there's your curtain. And you know what? Uh, don't uh, don't let anyone behind your curtain. You are in your curtain on your own. So, you know, all these different rules. Like you can't do this. You can't do that. And going on like, oh, make sure you iron your bed. And that confused me. Did that not confuse you the first time you heard that? You're like, they were telling you like, iron your bed. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying to think of all the things that my parents have ever taught me about safety when it comes to irons, hot things, don't and, iron your and, bed. And, and, and fabrics. No, no, iron yeah. your bed. I'm like, wait a second. They told me to like, you have to iron your bed. I'm like, that's a joke. See, I had a show pillow and a sleeping pillow. Well, that's, that's the skill. Now you're giving it away. Oh, sorry. Cut that edit no we're keeping that okay. that's even better okay. that's a little little easter egg just that's boop. a life hack there it's a, life it's a little hack. life hack just yeah. throw it in there it, it, but you never want to get caught with that how about you mike what was like when you first got there what was it it was interesting you know it, you, and well, it, you, you just got off a plane so you, you thought you did time travel probably. so i thought i i landed <laughs> uh, yeah so it was uh it was may so it was may when i got there in 07 and we got off i got off the plane and it just opened up and i was like Oh my God! Is that fresh air? First time my it was entire, windy probably too. First time in my entire life I had ever smelled fresh air. <laughs> I'm guess, from yeah. Southern Ontario, dude. Yeah. Like I live Small. near Hamilton of all places. Small. Yeah. So like it just I was blown away and I looked out and you know what they talk about the land of the big sky or wherever it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was absolutely stunned by the prairies. So immediately it's culture shock. I'm just like, oh my God! Everybody's so nice. <laughs> Yeah. And so friendly, the commissioner and like all the staff at the airport were like super friendly to me. I'm like, somebody didn't shove me and call me an asshole. <laughs> See, all I could think when I got off the plane was, holy crap, it's cold. Well, yes, yeah, so you had the hat. Like, so <laughs> we'll get to that. So I'm, I'm going in and I get there to, uh, to depot and I'm trying to remember it now best I possibly can, but because they both blend together so, so much. But like the first time getting there and it, we had a really good troop and I ended up getting into trailers. So there was the rear trailers. They weren't there when you were there in 05 uh, at the back of MPTF. So the back of the old arena, yep. there was this first row of trailers. Cause you were, were, you were there during the big surge. The very big, yeah. The 07 big push yeah. when they brought in all the first row. So we had the first row. Uh, we were the first second troop in trailers uh, when it got there and they were brand new and they kept telling us, they're like, okay, same thing, curtain. You had this tiny little like cubby and you all shared bathrooms, you know, all the rest of that kind of stuff. But like, that's your curtain. You don't go, again, nobody goes into your curtain when your curtain's closed. Nobody's allowed to touch that, blah, blah, blah. And, and just don't do anything stupid is basically what I was told. So, uh, but I, I was absolutely blown away that, you know, the fact that I walked around and I started seeing actual Mounties because up to that point, uh, the only time that I had ever seen in person an RCMP officer like right in front of me was, what was his name? Tom and Cinna, which was the recruiting officer out of Hamilton, Niagara. And he was standing before me in the blue surge, like the, the media one. So he's wearing the blue surge and that's it. Like that, that was it. So I get there and I start seeing all of our guys walking around, all the recruits walking around with the yellow stripe and the hats and the forge caps and the gray shirts and the vests. And I'm like, oh my God, this is it. Like, this is, this is what I wanted. This is so cool. And then the first day we were there on the Monday, we started seeing senior troop and senior troop comes walking by in their red surge. And I'm just like, <gasps> I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's- going to be me. I was absolutely shocked. And as like a 23 year old and I was like, this is in 
incredible. I was absolutely blown away by it. Gobsmacked, I would actually say. Yeah. But then the grind of day two hit, like great day one, whatever. Yeah. You know, you go in, the uh, CO talks to you, you get you, know, you give small little stuff, you start getting some kit issue things, you go down to stores and, and whatever, they do their admin stuff. But day two, I was just like fire hose. Oh, I yeah. took in the fire hose and I was like, oh my God, here we go. And I, I like, again, the cell phones was a flip phone. Yeah. Back then. Like it was, yeah, I, just, I had like, a Nokia like brick. Yeah, same. Mm. And it's just like a little flip phone. The iPhones weren't around. You weren't taking videos of each other. You no. weren't doing any of the rest of that stuff. But you know what? It was incredible. I had a really interesting time. But again, like I said, it was fire hose. I was oh, just yeah. like, oh my God, this is constant because a lot of people like yourself, Eric, and obviously Mike was yourself, you guys would have been, had some exposure to the RCMP. Yeah. Oh, for you know, sure. had the opportunity to talk to somebody. You were talking to Gary, probably people in the community around yeah. Saskatoon, the detachments around that area. And I just had none of that. So I was like, okay, everything is brand new. This is the RCMP. This is what I wanted, which was the, the national police organization. Let's do it. But just like shock. Oh, yeah. For you, it would have been something else. I mean, like, because, I mean, the town I grew up in was policed by the RCMPs. I mean, my entire life, I was used to seeing the cruisers, seeing the members, you know, I, you know, they become part of the community you live in, right? So, you know, you're seeing them on a daily basis. I worked at the co-op, so they come in all the other gas, so I got to know all the guys and the girls and stuff. And I actually went on quite a few ride-alongs with them as well, and ride-alongs with the Saskatoon Police Service as well. And it really came down to, I know the RCMP would hire you younger, whereas the Saskatoon Police Service, a lot of municipal forces, once you'd be you know, like 25, 26, right? Life experience, RCP is kind of like, hey, you know, you apply, <laughs> you know, see what happens. And, uh, you know, I was young enough and applied and, and got in. And just going back to the beginning of depot here, the troop, so our, all the all the, all the all the guys were in B block, all the girls were in D block. This The second time around was very different because it was B3 North. So you were 2B South. Yeah. Right. You were Fort Dufferin. Fort Dufferin, so one of the new... The blocks were almost all gone. I think they tore down the last block right after I left, I think. For B-Block? Uh, I think they turned... Or B-Block's still standing, is B-Block's yeah. still standing, was been turned into something else. It turned to a jail. Yeah. But they got rid of that, I hear. I hear they, they got, they got the rid Corrections of, Canada's they're, out. Yeah. They're right using now. it for... They used it for other training, or B-Block was used for other training when I was there, and they had the Stand Easy. That's what I hear. The Easy's in, in there. there. Yeah. Which was great. Which is a shame, because the Stand Easy was a dank hole. That yeah, it used to be in the basement not, of the mess. It's of the mess. mess. It's now, yeah. it's, now it's a dank, <laughs> higher hole. A high, high hole. But you felt special, though. You did. Because yeah. you knew that no members could go in there. Yeah, but that always happened, though. That's the thing. Well, like, we, oh, were, I can tell you. Yeah. Our yeah. troop, they, yeah. what they told us is once a year or like once a, or like one day after OC spray, you're allowed to invite one or, no, you're allowed to invite a couple of your instructors if they want to come. So basically your drill goes and your APS will go. Um, and that was just for a pizza thing. And then you were allowed to invite them to spend the night, or not the night, but the, the evening, sorry, the evening <laughs> with you, your troop at Stand Easy. probably happened. <laughs> um, which worked out well um, for us anyways. And we had a, a good time. We had really good APS and we had really good, our drill instructor was quite good. Well, very good. I really enjoyed working. Let's face it, they're going to haunt your dreams from here on out. Oh, so you better I, I, tell I can, them they I were can, awesome. I can still hear from, I don't know how they could, like a kilometer down the road or the, the street right in the middle of the depot. You, you hard little man, get in step. Followed by, where's your name tag? I can see. Just yelling. this, And they're on their perch, the little crow's nest there, right? They're just. they on you. On you. That, you know what? That's, that's, that's actually a good point that you bring that up, Eric, because I. It, it, 
the exposure to drill. Yeah. You know, and I think this is a valid point that we should discuss. Uh, it's a huge thing that people get worried about when they go out to depot and like, they don't want to screw that up. People get in there and there's an absolute fear. Like these people are gods, the ones that are in drill. Like this mm-hmm. is like, you know, you're going to be going through exposure to scenario-based training. You're going to be going to exposure to all types of different experiences while you're at depot. But all of a sudden people are so f- afraid. Drill was the best part. Though. Of drill. I know. Best and, part. It was it, fun. But man, I sit, you sit there and have the shakes yeah. thinking about it. You're like standing there, you go running outside, you're all running inside like the drill hall. We had MPTF at the time because the drill hall had been flooded. That's when they had the giant accident and, you know, there was issues and, you know, Bobby P, Bob Peaver ended up losing his mind and, and what have you. But uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved the experience of drill. Like it just, it taught you so much in just composure teamwork and teamwork and discipline and like you know it's funny because the munis laugh at us for it they really do like when they show up to remembrance day and they can't march with crap i know and then they see the mounties and you know sometimes we get a little little slack it comes back but it comes back it's it's like riding a bike and it comes back and especially when you have the guys who actually practice drill on a quasi regular basis like the ceremonial troop which isn't humble brag well it has we haven't at least I haven't gone to any training in a while since with all the the, the COVID. Hopefully, this get us blocked on Spotify. But yeah. we haven't got together. But you know, in in when I'm the last post, we made sure that we we got together and we marched um, through town and occasionally when we could. Right, and it's a perishable skill. But when people get it tuned in, oh man, it looks good. Everyone halts same time yeah sexy right very yeah very 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 i I went back in uh 2000 actually you would have been there Mm. i went back in 2015 oh and i went for the september oh i would have been there yet oh okay so it was like the warriors day parade or whatever the memorial day yeah the memorial parade that we do and i went back for that and it's very good it was excellent it was an excellent exposure and it was back to depot and i was the only that was the last time i was back it was 2015 or 2016 whatever it was maybe it was 2016 and I went back and I was just like out there. But they, of course, just like I was at Depot, I was first man in. Like the guy that we used to take over for the right markers role as he came over and you kind of bumped over a little bit. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I was that guy too. Number two. Yeah. It's like you're number two. Yeah, right marker cover. That's right. Right marker yeah, cover. That's what I was too. And, and I remember going out there and I can't remember what her name was, but she was a core sergeant major at the time. And uh, she literally screamed at, we did a practice <laughs> the day before and I was a complete and utter shit show. And everybody else, because this was this was a big thing because we were honoring a fallen member out of West Shore. And that was they'd asked us to go out as EDIV as a ceremonial troop as watch members, obviously, of our fallen member that was out there. And so I'm there and she came over to me and she like just kind of like but quietly and politely just like you better on yourself, you know, and figure this out because this means a lot to somebody that's going to be standing there watching you. And I was like. 100%. I'm so sorry. I cannot believe that my drill is this bad. But I'll tell you, that night, went aside, did a little bit. Actually, LJ was there with me. So LJ, uh, Little John. So LJ was there, Mike Scott, like all these guys that we work with now was there with us. And I'll tell you, man, like those were, like they helped me, the guys helped me, the rest of the troop helped me get my stuff back in gear again. But it's totally something that means so much to so many people. Yeah. But it's a, what an experience the very first time. Very first time going in for drill. Yeah. I, like, well, you're in this drill hall and you're just, 
I'm someone who's usually distracted. So you're sitting there, you're staring at all these flags. You're staring at all the things on the wall. You're staring at everything. You're just kind of trying to take it all in. You're, you know you're going to get yelled at. You know, you, you just know it's going to be a cluster. You just know uh, what... Even if you're perfect, you're yeah. going to get yelled at. Yeah. They, they will find they'll they will find a speck of dust on two centimeters from your third button, and then it's down for ten. Yeah, because if, if everything else is perfect, they will find that. Because you're, you're 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 just in sneakers and blues, like yeah. you're, you're, you're yeah. yeah. So it was um, it was fun. Like we had um, uh, Bernie Hebert. He had just come over from Hebert. He just came over from PDU. So he was okay. a, he was a driving instructor. We were his first troop. So. I think we took it about as seriously as he did. You know, he he wanted it to be good. He wanted to make a, you know, he wanted us to be good, but... Was this Mustache Iber or yeah. Portly Aubert? No, nope. Or Iber. Mustache. Okay, so it was Mustache Iber. Okay, because later on there was a Portly, like a little bit bigger okay. of a guy that um, was Iber as well, too. They had the two. Okay. And yeah. I remember in 07, both of them were a part of Drill, but it was like you had to know which one you had. Yeah, this is, yeah, this was Bernie Hebert and okay. um, very, very thick accent. The but... voice was awesome. Yeah, he like a, he was almost like Defose. I don't know if you ever heard of Defose, yeah, but yeah. like Defose was like this iconic drill sergeant that was there, and it was like he yeah. was the man when it came to that. A bear reminded me when I see footage of uh, Defose, very much of him. Yeah, there's something about the, like that really thick French accent in a blue or red surge. Like it's just it's very it's so Canadian, <laughs> you know. Just hearing that and the, the echo in the drill hall is you can't be replicated. I think anywhere else and. Yeah, it was uh, it was fun. It was a fun experience. We had the monster. So we had uh, Ankel. I don't know if Ankel was there when you were there. Kelly, but yeah. Is that his first name? Yeah. Kelly okay. Ankel, yeah. So Ankel was an absolute beast. He's a big guy. He's a big boy. A big this dude. guy came out, and yeah, I wish I could shake that guy's hand. <laughs> uh, when I was there the first time, he scared the living hell out of me. Yeah. Absolutely scared me to death. Really? And oh god, yeah. I mean, come on, you, you're like you're you're in there and yeah. you're standing before, and all of a sudden he comes in and he's a a dominating figure. He is. He's a huge. And he's beast. and he's just going off. But some of my one of my better stories that comes out of that was actually from Angel, and it was just like we went in parade, and he was completely undressed, and like his his shirts untucked, his boots undone, like he's doing all these different things are going on. And at the very end of it, he called out the senior troop after everybody was like sitting there looking at him, like oh my god, is he hung over kind of thing. He did it on purpose to see if the senior troop would call him out for looking like garbage. And he gave them all LAs because he they didn't call him out for, it was like an integrity test. <laughs> but okay. then later on, when Roger Brown came in, Roger Brown was in charge, uh, was the CEO. And he came in and he did this whole thing for, I think it was Halloween or Thanksgiving. And he had everybody, all the drill staff, dress as jesters. He invited all of the depot recruits, like our cadets, show up to mess hall have dinner so it was a turkey dinner or whatever it was and then when you went in there you were given i think it was like two tickets for beer and they were serving beer and the drill staff were dressed as jesters serving beer and you imagine ankle dressed as like a six foot five dominating monster in a jester's outfit <laughs> costume serving beer you're like hello good sir may i please have another beer he's like get out of here and he's, <laughs> just, crush you. <laughs> he's just going but i mean like when when he throws that, and I'm sure you guys had the exact same experience, when they throw that clipboard, yeah, and the thing just goes saucering across the floor, and I can only imagine the damage those things do, like scraping across. Ooh, do you ever snap back and get ready? Someone oh, someone was in a troop where he threw it and went out onto the street at the same time the street sweepers come by and it sucked it right up. 
No way. Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. Urban myth. No. No. Habit. It can't be. Yeah. It can't be. I th- I've heard that too. I've Have heard you? that story. Yeah. Yeah. They're My, full of it. There's no way. Oh, I'm I'm sure no. it happened. Oh, they can yeah. get some range yeah. on those things, and they do it enough, right? Yeah. But it they're always, always disappointed in you, so they always throw it. Yeah. Um. But wow. They're, when they take the drill cane and just start smashing it on the ground when they're extra angry at you all because you're all yeah. terrible and you're the worst troop ever and how could you represent the queen and your disgrace and sharpen up your drill and you third from the left stop bear marching and that and for those of you who don't know what bear marching is when we both your arms in tandem with your legs it's horrible it looks awful did you bear march i was not a bear marcher. really no hmm. No, I think I did like once shocked. by yeah, accident. Yeah, I am like a little shocked. No, I can see it's no, a bear barge. No, I, I made a point of trying to learn a bit of drill before I went there by watching copious amounts of um, Canadian and British huh. parades. So you, you just like, man, you just drank this up, eh? Like, oh, I drank the Kool-Aid. Oh, my God. No, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, too. Oh, but at I, the time, like, I didn't want to stress myself out no, by I watching drill and, like, trying to remember no, that. I thought it was neat to that begin with. That was a surprise. So. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, what's drill? <laughs> yeah, drill what? No, what I, did, what I did wrong was I did my turns wrong. So, like, when you're doing a bout face. Oh. So I was doing it wrong. So I was doing it. So we're doing light cavalry drill, dismounted yeah. light cavalry drill. So there's a little bit of a difference between that and drill for military military infantry yeah. in yep. the military so like the strathconas will do what we do but you know the stuff that i was watching i got mixed up with a couple of different things and i didn't do my turns quite right and they they cued into that as like oh are you ever in the army i'm like no <laughs> just watched a lot of <laughs> watched a lot of youtube a lot of, a lot of youtube trying to learn <laughs> it's like me going on the carbine course and every time i go and do a reload or something i go or i, I finish the target yeah. and all of a sudden i like turn my gun to the side yeah. Like I turn the rifle to the side to look down the target. They're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, call it duty, man. It's just, it's a force of nature. It looks it cool. Always, it always, I know it always does that. And the guy's like slapping me on the hands. He's like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I just can't, I don't know why. <laughs> it's call of duty. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and, and, and I don't know, the, the drill thing, I don't know if both you guys, but I think what the worst part of it was waiting. Because yeah. you got in there and you're, you know, you're rushed in. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, yeah. they're yelling and screaming. You're but, sweating. Yeah, and you're just like, you're up there, you're, you're worrying about your shirt, your hat, your boots, everything else you're worried about. You're looking down, you're trying to figure out, are my bootlaces tucked in? Don't even, pants s- looking in? don't even start with, don't forget like morning parade. Oh yeah, morning parades you're are You're up at like 4 a.m. Yeah. Standing in the snow. Yeah, I did that. Yeah. You were one, but one of you guys in your troop has his muskrat hat on backwards. He like flaps down. Mm-hmm. Like, but no what? one else, oh yeah, it's just... <laughs> Anybody, anybody that flaps down and be like, to the coldest person, you they knew who that was, and you're like, oh, flaps down, I'm going to kill you. Dude, if we're going to do flaps down with, one more time. You can't uh, march with flaps down because you can't, you, you have can't no see. peripherals. Your peripherals are gone when your flaps are down. You got blinders. You got blinders. You're like, you're like horses it's, pulling a, but like, uh, yeah, yeah, you can't see anything. But like, you're getting in there and you're getting in for your drill class and with the drill office off to the side like I, I remember for the 2007 ones because we actually had drill hall we were using drill hall and that was some of my my fondest memories of drill i guess you would say and they had their office right off to the side mm-hmm. so you would either you'd be waiting it could be what felt like an eternity you could be it felt like you were there for 10 minutes waiting for them to get for out like there. two hours exactly and you're just like stressed out because you're at attention yeah and and then you would hear the boots coming, but you didn't know where they were coming from. No, it was like behind you or like the ceiling. Yeah. You're looking everywhere for those boots. And you're but like, you're trying not to move your neck at the same time. That's right, because you can't. You're just looking forward. You're like, and they would call you out if they saw your head move even a little bit, they'd be calling you out. Yeah. And then they'd be walking around and you're using every bat. <laughs> 
kind of sonar to be able to figure out where the hell they're coming from. And you know, everybody in that line is thinking, you are the target of their fury today. And it is just in everything you ever did wrong in your entire life is coming out right then. You're like, oh God, he knows. And the, the, the best or most terrifying is because I, I went through in the winter. So most of the drill we did was in the drill hall. And we were in the new drill hall when they built it that's attached to the mess. And you'd hear... Same drill hall, just renovated. Renovated. The roof uh, lip was lifted. The roof, yeah. Yeah. Um, and you'd hear the click, 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 click. Because not everyone got clickers unless you got them put in after you graduated. But all the drill guys had double clickers, right? And you hear bang, bang. And then it stops behind you. You're not sure it's behind you or your buddy next to you. And then you just feel this little press between your shoulder blades of the drill cane. And then just sweet nothings whispered into your ear about how terrible you are. <laughs> or they're asking you a question about why the person next to you is so terrible. You're not sure what it's going to be, but you just feel that. And oh, your shoulders go back and everything gets just that much straighter. As I lean back from the microphone. If it works. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fear. So we, we had we had the fear. voice. We had the voice. We had uh, Holmes and Hannah, which were two big ones. And, yep. and Hannah, uh, oh God, God bless your soul and everything else. It's just like, you just heard her coming from a mile away because she'd be yelling outside at somebody else. So like you were lined up and she'd be screaming at somebody outside. And then all of a sudden it's like she came in, but then she'd wait extra long if she was taking over for our class that day. Because she wasn't our normal lingua, was our, was our drill in 08. And it was like, you just, you, it was good to go. But like you heard Hannah come, I was like, "What are you doing, Cadet?" Like she was just—is she from like Texas or something? Or it, it was a weird. <laughs> it, it, it was weird. It was not weird. It was a unique drill voice to right. say the least. And so listening to her do that, we were just like, "Oh my god, here we go!" Because you never quite knew who you had. No, you had no. This is no. this is literally the way I kind of uh, the analogy I use is sort of like WWE. You know, it's like SummerSlam. You're like, oh, there's yeah. a match, and then you never know who the hell's coming out next. No. And then it could be like, one day it might be the lowest end guy, which is brand new to drill, and they might come out and be super friendly. You're like, this is awesome. He's going to come by like, hey, guys, listen up. This is a, t- a drill technique class. We're going to learn this, and it's going to be really easy. And you're like, whoo, thank God. But then you could have had like Peaver stepping in, and then Bob Peaver is going to be in charge of doing this. And you're like, oh my God, here it comes. And he is going to annihilate you. Or it could be somebody like middle of the ground. You know, they don't give a crap about who you are. They're just going to make your life a living hell for the next hour. Well, then there's, yeah, like when I went through, we had, Chittington was mine. Yep. Um, And then there was also Duong Chang, Olsen, and DeWolf. And I think Langwa as well. He was a sergeant at the time. Um, we're all there when I went there and we, I never had, um, I think we 99.9 or I say 90% of the time we had, it was Chittington running our show. Once we had Duong Chang, that was awesome. And then Olsen we had early on for like one day and they all had the best drill voices and they're all a little bit different, just a little, a hair different each, but I know, I think Chittington could just fill the the drill hall. Like he could talk. Another big boy. Yeah, big, big boy. guy, yeah. He could he could yell at you and it, it He wasn't driving when I was there. Yeah, yep. so I think yeah, he wasn't driving for a while. And yeah, but he was oh yeah, he did he did a good job and he taught us a lot and oh just the voices I can just hear so, and, and everyone has a slightly different voice, right? Like Corporal Grace Workentine, is she there? Uh I know the name. Yeah. So yeah. She was like Bob Bob Beaver wasn't there when I was there, but she was <laughs> I guess I think the female version of him and Fair, but wow, her voice could just send the hair on your back, just straight up. And 
when it would be noon parade, she would climb up on something outside of the drill hall and just scream, just scream for half an hour. Like, is there because coming? I got that, you. And they'd be like, maybe. No, you. Me? And you're like, you're like at the end of Shaw Street, like coming out of the fucking yep. parking lot. Got that, you. Got by the blue Volvo. Yes, you. Me? LA Me? tomorrow. It's like, Seven thirty Monday morning. Like, okay, <laughs> like it was amazing. She would, she would just go up and down the street, and she, you, LA tomorrow, you. And it was like holy crap. So like, yeah, it was like a, it was like a sniper sitting up in the, yep. the watchtower, up and down Shaw Street. <laughs> oh, got another one. Oh, yeah, got another one. Yeah, just just instead of bullets, it was LA's. It was boom, boom, all down the street. So yeah, you, if she was out there, you heard her voice, like you. I don't know. You like going to the sewer. <laughs> yeah, you're going to, to, to get to the mess hall. The, like, there's got to be some underground tunnels to this place. Yeah. It has to be. <laughs> so when I was there, I'm not sure you guys remember inspections, right? Oh, but yeah. COs, TOs? COs, TOs. So it was the TOs inspection. Okay. So I was the, the drill dress department guy for the for the troop. And I spent my entire time getting everyone's, helping everyone get their, their kit together and make it the same and everything was the same and we were told at the time that when you're on to's inspection you're not wearing your cadet epaulets or was it something it was something like that we weren't wearing cadet epaulets or we our shirts in the back weren't wearing cadet epaulets or or something like that i can't remember what it was exactly okay um we go you were told it once though and you have to remember yeah (laughs) it was like it was was everyone's asking yeah everyone's asking but the whole troop is like is it it, i don't know ask brian i don't know that's right my greens are i don't know we determined it's his job yeah Yeah. so we'll never ask again though yeah we we determined by the end of it we're all gonna look like idiots but we're all gonna look like idiots together together Together. so so we're all gonna look like we're all gonna do it wrong but we'll do it wrong together that's right and that's what we ended up doing and oh so there yeah we went through and there's one guy in my troop and bless him but he he could not get his shit together like you could explain it you could tell him to look at the pit next to his and copy that exactly and it would still be wrong so we basically did his pit for him because we just knew it wasn't gonna get done right see teamwork um so we went through we did everything and everything is perfect like everyone's good um i hadn't had the chance to get my weekly haircut because god forbid you have a slightly centimeter long hair than than what uh so i was like all right i'll risk it out i'm my hair doesn't grow that fast anyways i'll be okay every three days i was in there every three days and well you couldn't even get in every three days a lot of haircuts i got ptsd from depot (laughs) well they call like the the, you know you got 15 minute windows to get a haircut so you can only imagine how the quality of those is out okay are you we're going into the haircut stuff are you putting down the beautiful wonderful staff inside the barbershop at b block at b block the b block basement was it still there in b block basement where you were really beside the the dry cleaner probably the same people yeah probably and you know what they did the gossip queens yes yeah and and i feel like if they had time they would have done much better but they were given 15 minute slots to do these cadets but you only paid like two bucks yeah two bucks yeah was it you could book three a long. Months. You could book a longer one. It wasn't. Yeah, three, three for a full, two for. Was that what it was, or was it five dollars for a full? Three? I think it was like five. Bucks. I can't even remember. I think anymore. it was. I mean, this is like infl- you got inflation, but yeah. like I think it was like two dollars for a trim, like for neck. Yeah, neck and everything. Yeah, it was two dollars for a neck, five bucks for a haircut, five bucks for a full, yeah. and I got the full because I was like, I feel like it was pet. the same, but it, they 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 did the best they could with the time allotment they had. But I digress. Not up to your fine standards. I see. <laughs> I like a nice. I like a nice tight fade. I could tell when. We were there on the T1 spectrum. And they're going down. They're saying, hey, who's this? Who's this? Okay, who's your, your silent partner? Tell me about them and going on. And for those of you who are listening and don't know what a silent partner is, every cadet, at least when I went through, I'm not sure about you two, 
You know, um, we didn't have it, but no. I, I know what it is. No, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. So we each got given a member, a fallen member, and we had to learn about them and figure out who well, is who is your Il Deschans is where he passed away, and I've totally forgotten his name, but I have his card, um, and I know his story, and I can never remember his name because it was super, super long and super, super French, and I'm really bad with. French Do you still keep, still keep his card inside it's, your your notebook case? No, it it fell out of my notebook somewhere in oh. Whistler, and I haven't seen it since. So okay. I have the the big foldy out one. Yep, I don't have the little little e one. Gotcha. So some Aussie. Whistler. There's some Aussie <laughs> yeah, some, some yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but he yeah, he got sh- he got shot at Il Desen. Uh, Il Deschen is doing a wellness check. Um, okay. in the I want to say the mid '60s. Anyways, oh, I want to say Benoit, but I'm I'm gonna get it wrong. That's good. Anyway, so we're all going through, and they're asking each cadet about this. Okay, what do you want to do in your career? You know, the TO is going through that, and eventually they get to me, the TO and the sergeant major are standing there, and and I'm going, all right, I've got this, perfect. So they asked me about my silent partner, and they asked me about what I want to do in my career, and how do I get here, and this and that, and all I hear behind me is they talk to you. Yeah, they talk. Second, yeah, they were talking yeah. to us. Wait a second, and all I hear, kinder friendlier. All yeah. I hear, well, no, they're kinder friendlier. Once the TO leaves, and the sergeant major goes up and up one side of you, down the other, and all I hear behind behind me is ting 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 yeah who then, left it who left a dime in one of the boxes well it was in my suit uh, suit pant pocket oh no so i hadn't worn the suit since i showed up because i didn't i was told to bring one but i'd never worn it it was just why, sitting why there. would you need to and i hadn't worn yeah. it at home in a while either so it had been sitting in that pocket for probably over a year oh wow right last, so i had last no, wedding year at yeah pretty much and, and beer I, tickets in there beer t- and i hadn't <laughs> thought about it right and i just I, so i didn't think to check the pocket because i hadn't worn it in so long i didn't think i'd have a dime in there anyways so second that was there my my card was touched oh i was i i was the only person who they failed for to inspection you my you? everything was you. perfect because wow because unsecured currency is an automatic failure when it I was is there. it is so for my dime and then he gave me shit for having slightly longer than i should hair <laughs> Oh, dude, you were his target. But, you were perfect, yeah. Eric. Just face it. Face no, it. You were so, drilling the portman. You were perfect. And then the next thing that happened. So then I got told, you need to go talk to Corporal Chittington right after this. Before, because it was lunch, and then you're going to go to the thing. So I left right after there. I went straight to the drill hall to go find Corporal Chittington. But I didn't have my eplets on, and I left the drill hall without them on. Oh. I, got, I literally opened the door, stepped out. <laughs> I got to the end of the walk. And I did turn my head to kind of look at the road to go. And I, I did this and I saw no applet. So I did it about face and I got just to I'm the gonna door. Die, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then, <laughs> and then I hear from one of, one of the people on, on, the, on the scenario training, one of the instructors was driving one of the Crown Vicks, goes over the loudspeaker, 7.30 Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, Constable, what are you doing? And Not walking on the sidewalk. He's like, are you impersonating a police officer? I was like, oh. Like, Damn it. They it must probably just g- love that. It was probably oh. Clue. Was it Clue? I, I didn't actually see who sent it, but I'm thinking it was probably Clue now that I think yeah. about it. Yeah. So- that makes it makes, yeah, it makes sense. perfect sense. He, makes did my, sense. he did my PDT for a chunk of it while I was there, and oh, so anyways, I go back and get my eplets, go back down and say, oh, and by the way, I'm going to be here 7:30 Monday morning, and then it got all repeated again when I got there on because it was on a Friday, right? Yeah. Uh, loser parade. Loser See parade. 7:30 a.m. 7:30 or seven, yeah, 7:30 or seven, and so basically, you don't get breakfast that day yeah. because you don't get to eat. You don't get to eat. And then for us, I think you would have had the same thing was, is that we had uh, the deli. Did you have the deli when we when you were there? No. So deli you, was a you thing. You stand in line for the deli. You're not getting time to eat what you get. 
but it's different from my understanding it was different from when you were there when we were there it was behind buffalo detachment so if you go from oh. aps walk out the door to buffalo walk through buffalo like you're walking towards the range yeah back there was a, another building it was like a, an accessory building you could get snacks i heard yeah so we had a thing called the deli yeah. and it was like a corner store where everything was free yeah so you would get slushies like slurpees like you would get chocolate milk all sandwiches food snacks like rice refresh rice crispy squares like all the rest of the stuff you just you got one bag to pile as much <laughs> stuff in so you knew that if you're gonna suck like what a great idea oh it was perfect so if yeah. you knew you were gonna suck that you just filled that bag up and yeah. so if you had loser parade you're like you're just downing rice crispy squares like that was breakfast yeah. You're like, I'm not going to get breakfast today, so I'm going to take as much <laughs> fructose syrup, you know, corn. Uh, yeah, remember, yeah, you go to LA and you're doing the math in your head, you're like, all right, I'm not eating today. I always mm. notice the <laughs> best. You think about so, a, a dietitian would so, be like, oh my God. So I <laughs> always notice the best meals that would always come out in the morning for breakfast. Like the best breakfast, you know, you've got the, the cinnamon buns and the waffles with all the, the good stuff would always come out on days that you were doing a fitness test, like immediately after. So no one wanted to eat them because you always had powdered like, eggs. Bacon. Dude. Oh no, that's what we got. But every once in a while they have they throw us a bone. Single. Right? Uh, well, I, so I, I remember waffles like once every three or four weeks. Yeah, it wasn't it, yeah, it, it just like it came out of the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, and it was like was a, a so special. Happy. Oh yeah, it was super special. But other than that, it was that same powdered eggs, bacon. So I figured out my go to pretty quick. So they, for some reason, always like there was like those racks of like in the fridge. They had like always a plate of sliced tomatoes in there. Yep. I don't know why. So I'd get my toast, bacon, tomato, bacon, tomato, sandwich. BLT. There you go. Every morning for breakfast. I had that. And then the cups of coffee were so tiny. Remember? They were just like, and I like like a gallon of coffee in the morning. So I'd have to get like four cups of coffee. Yeah. I had my tomato bacon sandwich on toast every morning. That was it. That was my go-to. Loved it. Yeah. You know, I they, didn't they, drink a single cup of coffee in my entire time at Depot. Well, you didn't. Oh, see, I, I didn't don't, drink coffee back then. You didn't drink the coffee out of the, out of the machine in APS? Yes, the APS coffee machine was <laughs> epic. It was horrible. And I remember when I got super desperate, that's the one I would go for. It, we should have had that tonight because if, if <laughs> Who that would have been there, I'd have like, yep. been like, a- APS machine. It's at least a day and a half old. It came oh here express, God, express was, air. It's the taste of submission. Yeah, you know, I just tears. There's just tears. Get someone from Depot to put into a Yeti, seal the Yeti, mail it to us. Express. It's probably gone now. Somebody has to tell us. Anybody listening to this podcast, somebody has to tell us if they still have that. I feel like it was a super old machine, right? Super old. It was old when we were there. I think it had like the what the the fake wood paneling or whatever on it. Yes. Yeah, that was still there when I was there. It would drop the cup. Yep. Yep. That was still there. Stop it. You're giving me flashback. <laughs> You're getting triggered right now. And you down it. And you'd be like, okay, okay, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You go to class. <laughs> Or if you're going to fall asleep in class, stand up and stand at the back. That's I got, a, we got that. And, and the experience that I've heard from a lot of the munis at OPC, like Ontario Police College and that, they don't have that experience. They give like, okay, it's maybe a little boring, a little dry or whatever, but they don't have those types of experiences no. like we do. No. You know, when, when you're, you're sitting there, it's passing like. Passing out and you have to stand up and go to the back of the class. You have to go to the back of the class. So you get like belittled. Oh like yeah, you're falling asleep. They will get you every time. Like <laughs> they, like we had the ruler, and they come by and like, spam, smash it on the table, and you're like, oh, God. You're like, oh, wonderful. Now I have to be shamed by staying in the back of the class, but I also need to change my underwear. <laughs> at least I'm awake. Yeah, exactly. At least I'm awake. I know what's going on. But then, because when you're sitting there, you're trying hard not to. 
Yeah, it's, it <laughs> hurts. It, it physically hurts to stay awake. Like you're, you're moments away from doing a face plan to a textbook. Yeah, you're trying to you're trying to remember why you got you got a question wrong in the exam about an assault. Yeah. You're like, God, I know they taught me about assaults, <laughs> yeah. but I don't know why. Physically, I, don't I was there. Yeah, <laughs> assault or was it a pepper? I, I don't. Yeah, Spiritually, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it, it best part. Like, wh- yeah. what do you think when you look at it? And I know we don't have hours and hours and hours yeah. to be able to talk about it. Eric, what was your favorite? What would be a specialized unit, I guess? So we had several different. We, obviously, we talked about... <laughs> Shipwriter came in to talk to us. Okay. So here's my question on this one. Specialized unit in the sense of uh, PDT, oh, PT, that. APS. Well, mm. APS not, because that's just what it is. Mm. Drill, driving, range. Um, I think that's about it. I'm trying to think about it. But, uh, Fitness. So PT. Fitness. Yeah, okay. PT, so PT. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So PT was your favorite. No, 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 no. God, no. <laughs> Oh, no. No, no. Drill. Drill You're is like, my favorite. You're like, do you see these legs? Drill is my favorite. My legs are not that skinny. No, you got... You're good I to got, go. I got calves. Kind of. <laughs> I don't skip everything. You're, you're working towards running. It's all good. Yeah. 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 Drill. Hands down. So drill is your favorite. Hands okay. down. 100%. Drill, then APS. Uh, then I'm going to say... So I started off really liking firearms. And the one thing I found... at de- I went to depot having shot before and being a good shot. I left depot not that great of a shot. I find, think that the tr- someone's going to get upset with this, but I think that the training that I received there, they didn't realize that there there were so many different people telling me to do different things that you got so much into my own head that I got progressively worse yeah. as I was there. And then I came back up at the very end. But that's a degeneration from stress, from anxiety, yeah. from just yeah. nutrition. But and at the end of the day, like I'm still not, I still, ha- I developed bad habits. For shooting while i was there with a, with a, with a with a with a with a sidearm but now with a rifle i can shoot crowns all day long and and for those of you who don't know what crowns are for us crowns are um, expert marksmen yeah. for rifles all day long carbine not a problem long rifle 308 not a problem shoddy shoddy easy you know 40 mil no problem pistol easier for me just to throw the damn thing at the guy <laughs> but it's, it, but the, and again like i said that's a degeneration of you know you're tired but at the same time the lessons they're trying to teach you and you're just exhausted you're going yeah. through let's say day-to-day issues like uh on that note when i same thing when i went to the range they had me on the fruit loop diet mm. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. No. no. So I was a little heavier when I was out there. And this is before I gained all my weight and got up to the 285, 290 area. It was getting bad. And I was at maybe like, I think it was at like 240. I think it was like 235, 240. And I went there and they were like, Thompson. I find it hard to picture you at that level. I know. And they're like, Thompson, you're too heavy. You're too heavy. You're too heavy. And I'm like, I, I don't know what you want me to do. I'm exhausted. I'm not sleeping. I'm running. I'm <laughs> yeah. circling on the stupid polishing all night long. My right rotator cuff is about to fall off. Like it's just, it's not existent anymore. And they actually put me on. Then uh, my PT instructor, uh, was that Holloway Chuck? It was probably Holloway Chuck or, or one of the other ones. My instructor also was a Chuck. Yeah. Oh, I feel like they just put all the Ukrainians in, into <laughs> Yeah, into there you go. Yeah. Uh, Karen, she was pretty wild. But uh, yeah, she put, and she was just like, you're going on the, the uh, Fruit Loop diet. And whether she was serious or not, I took everything those people said <laughs> as like the gospel. And they're like, you, I want you morning, lunch, and dinner. You're only eating Fruit Loops. <laughs> no that, word of a lie, guys. I literally ate nothing but Fruit Loops for seven weeks, and you really? lost weight because your body and had I lost, no nutrition. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I lost weight, and it was like a weight reduction thing. And I got down to like two oh nine. Wow! In seven, You're exhausted in seven weeks, and I wasn't sleeping no. because I was like, it was just the, the sugar was out to 
like I had a lot of Fruit Loops. I had two giant <laughs> bowls of Fruit Loops in the morning to get me through. And the guys were wondering, they're like, "What the hell You're is scurvy, Thompson doing?" I'm like, "I know." They're like, <laughs> "Dude, it's steak night. Eat a steak." No, I gotta have my Fruit Loops. <laughs> fruit Loops. Gotta have Fruit. And I think and Maris. Actually, I was the, telling the Maris at the time, and I was like, "Yeah, it's I gotta have these Fruit Loops. They keep on me about this Fruit Loop stuff." And I'm like, <laughs> "And she, I think she thought I was kidding too." I'm like, "I was traumatized by it." But so, drills your favorite. What about you? Oh, driving. I forgot about driving. Driving. Yeah. Driving's yeah. good. APS. Um, I mean, I had really good facilitators. Uh, APS was good. I felt, you know, they're obviously like your main facilitators. And, you know, they were they were good. They, they really treated us quite well. And I felt like, you know, it was obviously I learned quite a bit. You spend the most time with APS. Yeah. yeah. PDT, <laughs> Sean Wadelius, who's now the staff sergeant in Fort St. James. Sean Wadelius brought me to Houston. <laughs> he, um... Mayor, Mayor Thorpe was still very fresh in everyone's minds when I first got there. Brock Myra had only graduated not even a year ago, and um, he was, he, Sean had trained him at Depot and stuff. So was, everything was still very fresh. You know, a lot of people, they talk a lot about Brock and the, what a good cadet he was, and, you know, because he, he passed away in, in March, and I got there in October. And um, he was, he was hard on us. You know, he, we, uh, the first time uh, we did push-ups, we were getting ready for rings, and so we're doing rings and we're not wearing gloves and all of us cut knuckles open like blood everywhere and we can go talk to the other to the other troops and we're like oh yeah so you guys you guys same thing like no gloves on the ring and they're like no man that's like that's crazy it's crazy your knuckles will cut open we're like oh we're like well Wadalius made us do with no gloves they're like well that's that's dumb so like and so <laughs> and they don't heal because no. because you're there's no time there's no time so you're constantly clenching and everything so you're, my, my, my knuckles Saskatchewan so it's dry yeah so like you have bloody knuckles for like weeks and it was like okay and then you're doing the knuckle push-ups all the time too with him so yep. knuckle push-ups your knuckles are cutting open again like I had bloody knuckles for, for forever but then you realized that a lot of his <laughs> craziness techniques yeah. was like you know like he he really wanted you to get out there and he really wanted you to survive. And he really wanted you to just be the best you could be. And he really took that to heart. And, you know, it wasn't until you kind of graduated and got out there and you realized, okay, wow, like this, you know, this really, 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 really meant a lot to him. Yeah. And and, and Sean was definitely, uh, and I I vaguely remember him being there in 07, because I think he was just leaving at that time. And I remember there was all the stories about Sean. And I do, I do remember a couple of them where it was like, he wanted you to get down on your, uh, you had to do like lengths of the gym on your elbows. And you had uh, to crawl oh, across the bear, crawls. The, the bear yeah. crawls on your elbows. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. And then when I finally met him, uh, not in Houston because he'd already been gone, but at PRTC, I ended up running into him. And when you see Sean Wedelius, you know Sean Wedelius, like the haircut <laughs> and everything. Yeah. And God bless that guy. He's like, he is just, I'd imagine he probably had the most impact on members because everybody remembers the guy from PDT. Yeah. Like everybody does. And that's what I can appreciate as somebody that wants you to succeed and to get through this entire career, 35 years or whatever it's going to be unscathed. Yeah. And his techniques and his skill and his determination and persistence in making sure that he makes that happen yeah. is what sold him to me. And and you know what I mean? And, and talking to him about coming out to Houston, Grand Isle, where I was posted, and I was just like, yeah, I'm sold. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, the guy's an absolute legend. Yeah. Like, he, he there, was a lot, there was never a lot of joking around. No. No. Um, Pretty serious guy. Very serious. He took things very seriously, but he was... He was very hard on us, but he was very fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And and it, I think for me, my favorite thing out there, I mean, I did enjoy APS. If I can go back to Depot today, I go teach APS any for day. Sure. It's just that experience and yeah. the, we had Rudy Yeski and uh, 
uh, Damian Smith and, and the rest of our facilitation team. But like having those guys out there was just absolutely incredible. They made it the family that it was. Uh, driving wasn't my favorite. No. I mean, even though it was fun to get out on track day, I can still remember throwing up in my hands. <laughs> You know what I mean? From being passenger. I don't know why they put us in passenger. Uh, but I mean, like whipping down the track. And that was just so much fun being able to do parallel parks at 70 kilometers an hour kind of thing. Like that was a blast. Yeah. But I mean, like PT really nece- wasn't necessarily my favorite thing to be doing out there. No. Uh, PDT was fun because, you know, rings. I, I don't know. It It's so hard to kind of pick one particular skill set. Uh, drill was a lot of fun. Uh, but I think in general, my favorite part of it was just as a whole thing. Yeah. Like just, I, I couldn't really pinpoint exactly one thing I'd want to go back and do the rest of the time I was there. Just because it, it was it was just incredible. And then going back and doing the second, the whole thing over again, just reestablish that. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. I get to do this again. Like, yeah, it became a bit of a grind, the day-to-day stuff. But yeah, I was just like, oh, I was excited for OC spray. I was excited for CS. And after CS, I was like, my mother of God, I'd never want to do that ever again. Just taser me. I don't care. Taser me, spray me with like six cans. Let Stevenson get me a bunch of times with cans of OC spray, whatever it might be. Just hit me with that. Do not put me back in that chamber. Really? CS gas. I'd I'd rather get CS gas and pepper sprayed. Yeah, but the exposure, your exposure to CS gas was not the same as our exposure to CS gas. That's the only thing. Like, I remember hearing stories about it. What did you do? So they put the pellets inside the room with you. Yeah. And then you had to sit there and wait. And then you had your mask on. And once it, no, get all sweaty first. Yeah. Get all sweaty first. Yeah. We'd heard it was a little bit different now. So I don't know, maybe for like younger than me, but when I did it, we had to do, go for a big run, push-ups, jumping jacks. You go into the room, you put your mask on, drill walks in there, pops off the can with no mask on, just breathes it in, puts it down and then walks out. And then he goes, talk to you guys. And he goes, all right, guys. In you go. It's like mind games there. He gets so exposed to it. His What he oh. told us is he's so exposed to it now it doesn't bother him at all. Oh, yeah. No, he's running out of there. Um, <laughs> oh, I don't want it. He, yeah. walks, he walks out and sends us in there. And then you sit there. You're waiting. And then he's like, all right, mask off. Yeah, doff the mask. and So you doff the mask. And then he took up a poem, the uh, Charge of the Light Brigade. <laughs> put it on the wall when you have your mask off. And he's like, read it. So you have to read the entire poem of the Charge of the Light Brigade. You know, ours is not to do or die. Ours is not the reason why. Oh yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah. An honorable. La 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 yeah. la la. Yeah. Right. Um. So and read that, and you're doing that while your armpits are itching. Everything that you have on your body is itching because it's anything that had moisture, right? Mm-hmm. So your armpits, anywhere there's moisture, is is, is extra bad. I don't remember anything yeah. about that. I, I and just you're remember coughing just... and you're and you're in there and you're in the room, right? And you can't get it. It's like a gas. It's a gas chamber. You're in the it gas is, chamber. You are in the gas chamber. And then eventually, once you get through the poem. Mask back on. Okay, you may go outside. Next. <laughs> so ours got cut short because I think they're doing some work on the ventilation at the fire range at the time. And instead of venting the CSS, CS gas out, they vented it into the range. <laughs> That's a mistake. So the entire building all of a sudden now had to get evacuated because the entire range was now full of CS gas. <laughs> did, did, you so the, did you get the full OC? Yep. So they actually hosed you. They hosed us, and they were testing a, that higher grade stuff at the time. Okay. So it was before they canceled it because someone's eyes got all... Oh, I heard those stories. They're like, oh, they got infected. Like, oh, yeah, well, okay. Whatever. Everybody got infected. Yeah. It was like we, cross-contamination. We, yeah, we got it, and we got the, 
this extra spicy sauce or and you got doused. It wasn't like it was like right above your eyes, yep. in your eyes, around your face. Okay, next. And then you're sitting there and, and I've got my they let you stand outside and it was cold out. So me and my pit partner are standing there and I say to Jake, he's like, Hey, you need to air me down, air me down. So he pulls out the little piece of like particle board they had in the bottom of the blue yep. bags they give yep. you and he's yep. waving that at me. Everybody broke theirs. And yeah, yeah and they broke so we're now we're now now we have four. So we have one in each hand <laughs> instead of just one big one. And we're just waving each other at each other. And there's negative twenty four or something outside as so we're standing outside but they won't let us stand outside because we're in our shorts and a t shirt and they don't want us getting but that felt so good though. But it felt so good. And the second you walk back inside again, yeah. It's feels like it's extra hot because yeah. it's hot, hot in there well it was like you know room temperature in there but outside it's, it's all 20. thawing yeah oh it was just yeah it was just terrible and i ended up just, i bought clothes from walmart that's what we all did we all bought like cheapest clothes we could find from walmart so we could just cut them off instead of having to pull them off over our heads well we weren't allowed to do that no. oh no they, they oh. specifically told us that because they didn't want to have to give us new pt kit Oh, because oh, of the stains. Because of the stains, yeah. No, we wore PT. Yeah, kit. we wore PT yeah, kit too. No, yeah. we weren't. We weren't uh, supposed to wear any PT kit. So I, I went through and I ended up getting mine done in 07. And I had that exposure and I'm like, oh, okay, that really sucked. And then the second time when I went back, uh, there was a big debate with my APS instructors and our troop facilitators. And they said, they're like, Thompson, you don't have to do it. You've already done it. We already got a little checkbox beside your name saying this has already been done. And, and and I ended up going through and they're like, you're good. So you go stand off on the side. I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. No. I said, I'm going to go through with everybody else, with the rest of the troop. There's no way I'm going to be that guy that stands yeah. off to the side and says like, oh, good luck. Ha ha. I went and did this before i'm like no put me in good on you and everybody was like you know they were i wouldn't say they were impressed by it but they were just like okay i guess thompson's doing this with us right so i went through and i made the mistake of like i knew what was coming so i made the mistake of tensing up a little bit and before i knew it i noticed my mouth was open oh and the instructor like actually sorry it wasn't the instructor it was my uh my pit partner wheeler or whoever it is and he ended up hosing me in the mouth oh your pit partner was doing the spray yeah so the, your pit oh. that's how they trained us so yeah. you had that was your way of doing it and then the uh your drill instructor whoever it was or pdt instructor oh, would come around and hit you with another can oh yeah like two streams we got two yeah. streams like and i they was just they just swimming coach you no swimming yeah we it. didn't do it like that they had the two pdt instructors so i i think oh, who was mine so we had our primary guy who i i'm terrible i can't remember his name either because he was in and out, because a bunch of them were in and out for our PDT. Like, I think we That's had, like, normal. four different PDT instructors throughout. So, Clarou was there as well. I don't... Clarou didn't get me. It was the other guy. Um, and, yeah, he sprayed us down. They doused us. And... Yeah, and like I had done it before too, and I was going, okay, well, the first time I got hit, so I did when I worked for conservation, they hit hit us with it, and all right, well, I I got it for conservation. I remember when I got it through conservation, I had thirty seconds before it started to burn, before it burns through the mucus or whatever, right? I'm thinking, okay, and I went into it thinking that, like, I've got time. Don't dunk my face in water because I remember when I dunked my face in water, that made it activate. So I was like, all right, this will be fine. And the spray they hit me with was a lot stronger than what we had in conservation. And it was like almost instant burning. Oh. And it we had to do, and after that, you know, you had to go and run, do the radio call, call him the thing, do the knee strikes and yep. arrest the guy and everything. And I'm on the radio and I'm like <laughs> the fake radio and yep. I think it's like, uh, what's going on? Oh, I, you're supposed to say I've been OC sprayed, you know, send backup or, you know, I got one in custody or whatever. And they go, oh, yeah, it's uh, blah, blah, blah. one in custody or I've been OC. I can't remember exactly what it was. And they said, I didn't announce who I was. I wasn't going, you know, Charlie 2, dispatch Charlie 2. It was, it was. Yep. Like, Who's calling? I'm like, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> 
they're, they're, good enough. <laughs> there's so many things that when I think about it, and if I could go back, I would do things differently. Yeah. There's a few things that I think I, w- I wish I would have done differently. And that's probably one of the ones that I wish I would have done because the, the panic kind of sets in of getting OC sprayed. And it's one of those ones where you're just like, okay, uh, this really sucks and it's miserable. Uh detachments probably something i probably would have done a little differently as well too i think i would have been less stressed out about them going into final detachments and not overthought a lot of things but i think the biggest lesson that i learned and and to wrap everything up today and even just for this because i'm sure there's another episode waiting there for us to go and do but i know we're all whiskeyed and and you know donutted and coffee and that stuff but I think the biggest thing that I learned about is that the the person that you are at depot and the recruit that you are at depot isn't necessarily the person you're going to be out in the job. You know, you're under a great, a significant amount of stress. You're under a significant amount of pressure uh, to be doing well there and, and, and the rest of that. Like you're, you've got people depending on you, you've got family. Some people have like actual families that depend on them to get through the training and that. And I think it's just an absolute gong show while you're there and, and being stressed out, and not sleeping and, and worried about what other people think. And if you could do one thing differently at Depot, Wes, what do you think? What would you do differently if it was looking back on the whole thing? Maybe, maybe would have hung a little more around on the weekends. I went home back home every weekend but i think my girlfriend fiance now wife was living there my buddies were there my family was there so i went home almost every weekend when we would have hung on a little bit more uh with my true mates and stuff but again like i said you know i was 20 you know they're all in their mid-30s kids you know all great guys and girls but like just not a lot in common but yeah you know probably would have hung on maybe a little more a little more camaraderie i guess but other than that no i mean i i look back and uh, I, I can say I can honestly say that you know Depo made me realize things about myself that I never thought I could do. You know, up to that point in my life, you know, I pushed myself at certain degrees to get to a goal, but I'd never like you know. But also sometimes when the going got tough, I just kind of quit. This is my personality. And when I got I did the same, yeah, I did the same, <laughs> yeah. And when I got there, you know, there were there were multiple times it was just like just just quit, just be done. Like, why are you doing this? You're wasting your time. Like, you know, this is you're young. You can go do so many other things. And I just convinced myself to to go through with it. And I surprised myself. I absolutely surprised myself. You know, with what I could persevere, what I could do, what I wanted to do, and and, and getting through with it. And I realized so much about myself in those six months. Um, yeah, like it honestly really changed me in, like, in so many positive ways. I know it sounds kind of corny, but it, it, it's absolutely, it's absolutely true. Well, th- that's like a very good point. Cause I think everybody goes through it. And this is the thing when people, cause I know there's a few people that are at depot right now that are listening to the podcast and they've asked lots of questions and I get weekly, I get questions from people that are there. How many times would you say, cause people have asked this and, and I've had to try to encourage people to keep moving forward. How many times would you say on average while you were there in the six months that you were just like, you woke up in the morning and you're like, I'm done with this. Oh God. And those first, probably the first three months daily. Yeah. Yeah. Daily. It was like, no, today's a day I'm done. You know, or I, you know, I'd be sitting there talking to my, to my fiance and she'd be planning our wedding. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm here on the payphone, you know, just you're living life and I'm here probably uh, yeah. in the hallway in b block yeah, right yeah it was in the, just was, outside the doors yeah, in the center the door, yeah, in the center the, hallway there the hallway there's and there's the room there we did the ironing and there was a yeah it was a payphone in there yep and um yeah it, it was it was daily for quite a while and then it kind of just started to slowly 
stayed away. I was like, okay, you know, I can do this. I want to do this. Now I want to do this more than anything. I want to get through this. I, I don't know, Eric, same experience? Yeah, you know, I I think for me, if there's anything that I needed to change, it probably would have, if I could go back and magically change it, I would have, but I'm, my guess is it probably would have been the same scenario no matter what. But better choices for upper troop management are first to... There's a lot of troop drama with my troop, particularly around the right marker and other things like that. And people not getting, well, the troop got along. It was the, the right marker that didn't get along with people and vice versa. Um, and I wish that would have been addressed better and earlier by everybody, including the instructors. But it was one of those things where no one wanted to talk about it to anybody because no one wanted to rock the boat because everyone's so stressed out about everything. Depot, right? You're just trying to get through and you're like, okay, I'll just put my head down. Well, it, it's not my place to address it, whatever. I wish that's something that we addressed. Right. And we would have been fine to do so. Right. And that's the one thing I wish we knew. Right. You can point out things that are wrong and say, hey, that's not cool. Let's do it. Like fix this. And we did eventually, but it took so long for us to get to that point. And that could have been resolved so much faster. So much yeah. faster. Right. And because and, and, you have your weekly, I don't know if you guys were doing it. We had yeah. a Sunday. Sunday night was always our weekly yep. troop meeting. It was yeah. like you planned yeah. out what the week was ahead. Well, we have been airing of the grievances. Yeah. Of course, you <laughs> had your having... airing of grievances. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, our airing... Fe- feats of strength. <laughs> our uh, airing of grievances turned into a, basically a mutiny and a, <laughs> and a deposition of, of our right marker. Right? We ended up voting them out and voting a new right marker in, right? So, But that's probably, for some yeah. people, that's the thing. They come to this place, yeah. and this is the first time they've ever uh, been confronted with confrontation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some people are teamwork. non-confrontation. It's teamwork. Like you go in there. Some people are not team sport people. No. You know, we we so we look so heavily to recruit from sports and all the rest of that. Just because it is a very big team dynamic, you know, especially when you get into policing your detachments, units, so on and so forth. You get the depot. That is a 30-person team. Yeah. That is a football team. Yeah. And you need to get along. Everybody has different strengths. Everybody has different weaknesses. And you need to get along. And if you can't, it is going to be a long six months. And I found even my experience both times, you know, there were times when my stress level got so high that I didn't do so well in dealing with team dynamics. And, you know, it was just a don't piss me off. Don't get my way. And I wish I could have changed that a little bit, too. I could have done things a little bit differently in that sense but we were talking about it earlier about wanting to go home mine was every day yeah mine was every single morning i was like i had my running shoes i had you know the little baskets we used to have the white basket from walmart for that had your for your shower and yeah. you had your restaurant and i remember the one day i looked in there and you had your polishing one yeah. and you took your polishing stuff and there was a bunch of polished stuff at the bottom of it but that had to be like spotless clean that had to be and i was like i'm sitting here looking at this thing and i can vividly remember looking down on this basket and i'm like that polish is never coming out and I remember it was from the Captain Kirk, our regimental boots. And I was like looking at him like, that is never going to come off. How am I going to do this? And I was like, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> like that was, that was, it wasn't anything major. And I was like, but I was like, I got my uniform. My, all my stuff is put out. Like I've got my day to go to and I'm sitting there in uniform, trying not to crease my pants. So I got my legs straight at, you know, I'm not leaning against my chair, yeah. you know, cause that would wrinkle your shirt. And I'm just looking at this stupid basket going, Hmm. That's this. This is it. This, this is, is it. this is what I, I'm going to go home to. And this is the second time I'm going home. I'm like, I'm not going to be that person. And it was just like I had my pit partner Wheeler and he's just like, let's go. OK, we're going like it's just <laughs> let's go to class. So that that was it. Like yeah. it, for anybody that are, that's there right now, just push through, push through, keep going day by day, task by task. 
find your troop mate that you can just that's your anchor and just push through yeah you'll find that it's the fastest longest six months of your life when you're done yeah right it's the longest and fast it's the weirdest it's it's, it's weird. It's almost like when your kids are young, <laughs> the days are long, the, the weeks are short. That's right. And I remember, I, I still vividly remember this, and it was in your last few weeks of training, and I'm sure you guys had the same experience, or maybe not, but um, one, of my, one of our facilitators, my EPS, Rob Bell, he took us out to the parade square and did the talk. And it's good, like, 20 minutes of just talking to us about looking around you and the history and everything you're seeing. And he's talking about Brock Myrall. He's talking about all those things. And then it was just quiet. The wind was just slowly whispering across the parade square and you could hear a pin drop. And he just walked away. And we all just stood there. And it was just like, you are now part of a much larger thing. And you are a very small part of that thing, but you are forever part of that thing and it just it hit me and i think it hit all of us and i knew that and at that moment i think like at that moment we all became mounties yeah it, it's it's family yeah it's when you really look at the brothers and sisters and it is literally like you said you're part of history yeah and it maybe it's our history yeah you know and it doesn't belong necessarily it belongs to canada but it doesn't belong to anybody else but us yeah and that troop history is important as well, too. As much as we look back and think of the people that we had trauma, like issues with or drama yep. with or anything like this, that is history. And when I look back, I was looking at my grad photos today and I look back and I'm like, man, you know, maybe I didn't always see eye to eye with this person. Maybe I didn't do this, but I will tell you six months of living with 30 people in the same room. I will never forget the mornings. I will never forget the lunches. I will never forget the nights, the weekends, the yeah. story time, like you know, I, I, oh, I will forever remember those people because they were just, they got me through that time. So yeah, no, it's, it, it's a big, big thing and you just got to keep moving yeah. through. And I, you know, will always have those memories, you know, the stupid things like when we mopped our floors, we had to listen to Adele hello on full volume <laughs> as we're sliding down the hallways on Sunday, cleaning out the pits, right. Or, or Shep's, um, stupid alarm that went off every night of the damn duck quacking and she wouldn't be there because she'd be in the bathroom and it's going off and it just quack quack and she w- it'd be like 15 minutes of this and we're all yelling down the hall Shep get out of the bathroom and she can't hear us because the shower's on and we're not going to open the door to the women's shower to yell in there at them right <laughs> Yeah, Uh, there's so many memories that come with it. But I think, boys, uh, I think we covered off a lot of the depot stories tonight. And I think that, you know, uh, it's good to reminisce. And and I think we're probably going to have a lot of questions later on on this episode and, you know, best experiences. So I'm going to say this is one piece of advice I can give anybody to close this out. And I'll ask you each one one piece of advice to anybody. Uh, My number one thing is get a good pair of running shoes. Like a really good pair of running shoes. Yeah, they get a good... Yeah, I got shin splints because I never ran before I got there. Get a good pair of running shoes and just sleep when you can. Like just, just do your best to just like get some sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, and, and another thing is they want you to graduate. Yes. Yeah. I think there is a perception, you know, when you're there, it's like they want me to fail. They want you to send you home. No. They're not weeding you out. No, they're, they're, you're, they're not weeding you out. You are there because they hired you. And they want you to graduate. There has been a lot of money invested. You know, I think it's around sixty-five thousand dollars. At least when I went through together, cut it through depot. Yep. They want you to graduate. So put that in your mind. Don't forget that. That you know, this is not. It, it's you know, it it is a six-month job interview, 
but you're there because they want you to graduate. They want you to be a member. So don't forget that. Yeah, you made it to the factory. Yeah. You're going through. Oh, there's two things. I think one, make sure that you have a comfortable pair of wrinkle-free pants and a polo shirt because it's a lot easier to wear a polo shirt and wrinkle-free pants to the mess when you don't want to wear a uniform. It's just, Ooh, good advice. Yeah. You don't have, because yeah. you, you rule. We didn't have, have wrinkle-free shirts back then. You, you See, to, I was well, lazy. I was my uniform on all yeah, day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what I did too. That's the other thing I was going to say is, or just go in uniform always yeah. because don't change after your day. Just go no. straight to the mess. You get there first. You don't have to change and that's then right. change after. That's right. Um, and the second piece of advice I'd say is kind of like Wes was saying earlier, like take it all in, right? You're only there for six months. Learn what you can about who we are. You know, our regiment's history is huge. And, you know, you got to remember like at the end of the day, our uniform is the, if not one of the most recognizable uniforms in the world. Everybody knows what a Mountie is when they see that red surge. Everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. They might not know what a Mountie is, but they know what that uniform is, right? Yep. Do it right. Do it right. Go big or go home, the way I look at it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. All right, guys. On that point, uh, fantastic episode. I think we did it. We're do- covering this one, and we just absolutely nailed it. Uh, that was more than I ever expected. I think it's fantastic. Thank you so much, guys, for staying here a little bit later. We are down scotch. We are down coffee. We are down donuts. This is what we do on the Unreasonable Grounds podcast. We get together and we shoot the shit and we have a good time, but we keep it light. It's what we do. Uh, This is the same thing I say at the end of every single episode. Please check out more episodes. Check out everything. Subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever it might be. You found this and you're listening to it. So obviously you found a way to listen to the podcast or one of the streaming services. Subscribe, tell other people about it, and make sure you check in with www.theunreasonablegroundspodcast.com to be able to see any new updates and some news that are coming out. Or if you missed an episode, go back, check it out again. You can go right to the news and the episodes uh, tabs, and you can actually listen to the episodes right there. If you're at work, I've heard the same thing. People said the detachments and like pull up the website and listen to it while they're doing paperwork. It's wild to think that somebody's actually doing that. I don't know if you guys think this is nuts. I think it's nuts, uh, but we've, I've heard it. We're talking to you, Donnie Birch. <laughs> yeah, Donnie. <laughs> God damn it, Donnie. <laughs> but again, guys, thank you so much for checking us out. Thank you so much for following us. And everybody, stay safe.